Welcome to the Play Notes podcast, where we give you the inside scoop on the main stage productions here at Portland Stage. I'm Nick Hone. And I'm Maura O'Sullivan. And we are so excited to introduce you to the brand new play, Sweet Goats and Blueberry Senoritas, which is having its world premiere here at Portland Stage. We're going to take a look at how this play was created by commissioned playwrights Vanessa Garcia and Obama's inaugural poet and main resident, Richard Blanco. We have an awesome interview with both writers, as well as the director, Sally Wood. Moderated by fellow apprentice and assistant director on this production, Audrey Erickson. So get ready to hear all about the process of new play development. How exciting it is that this is your first play that you've written. Yes, it's, it's what a journey. <laughs> because as a, as a poet, you know, you do workshop your work and whatnot, but then maybe once, and then it's always just you, and, and it's not very collaborative. <laughs> and that's been one of, one of the most surprising and wonderful things is to realize just how collaborative this is from the prop folks to like that well obviously the actors director but even the director of the theater everyone is somehow has a hand in this and it feels awesome and how about you vanessa what what was your process like coming into this play what has it been like working with a co-writer would you talk a little bit about how the play changed once once you started on it for sure. So first, I keep telling him how lucky he is that this is his first <laughs> interaction true, with the theater true. because this room is so like. First of all, y- you don't get to always be with the same director on a thing, you know. Yeah. And some of the actors are the same, and so like you're moving and developing the piece together in an extremely loving room all the time. And Anita has been amazing. So I think when I came in, he had come to see a show of mine in Miami, and it had sort of a Cuban theme. And then we went to go have a martini at some point. <laughs> and at the bar we started talking he started talking about this and I don't know how but at the end we were like co-writing this thing <laughs> <laughs> and we started like we started again essentially yeah, right. yeah, yeah. we started with a new page so that we could come in together which was really really I think generous and fun you know and then we started just like riffing and that's like a little nod for people who come and see the play um on on uh character first so we we opened up google docs and we started on characters and we landed on a few and originally we we're like okay so you take this guy and i'll take her and you take and then it and then it sort of blended but but at first it was like we were feeding these characters oh, you know interesting. it was really cool and we came up with a story which is beatrice baker a cuban-american baker in maine who has an strange relationship with her mother and it's about forgiveness and love and joy and loss and how it's all interlinked. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful play, and you guys have done such great work with it. And to Vanessa's point, Sally, you've been with this play a long time, too. When it first got to you, what was exciting about it to you? What stood out to you? What made you excited to work on it? It's different from other plays, and I I can't even really articulate how. It's just, it's like this experience that you have. And it's like, I mean, it it is a play. It follows play rules, but there's something (laughs) that is just, I can't quite 
categorized. And I think that's really special and really interesting is that people, when they experience this, they they come out and they're like lighter and smiling and there just feels like that we've all been in something together, which I think is really just remarkable. And it's so fun to, we were laughing about this in rehearsal, you know, yesterday, it's like there used to be characters that are now on the cutting room floor <laughs> yeah. and we'll see something and we're like, oh, was her, was her name Jasmine? Was that? that oh was yeah. Her? Yeah. That's like, I'm like, oh my God, that was a Jasmine thing that now yeah. Blake has inherited or whatnot because we didn't want to lose the thing, but sorry, Jasmine, <laughs> you didn't make the cut. And just figuring out what you need and what you don't need. And when we were leaving rehearsal yesterday, Richard's like, we cut so much, but I don't miss it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great feeling, too, to know. It's like, okay, we're getting the play to its essence where we want to give everybody just enough or just slightly less than enough mm-hmm. rather than too much. Because then you have that Thanksgiving meal feel after where you're yeah. like, God, I can't even think, you know. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of discussion afterward and reflection. So from the first time Sally saw the draft, there's been two characters that have well one character died and two characters disappeared <laughs> that's right that's right oh i forgot about the other one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, the way that's it goes. when you know you're in good hands <laughs> And so since we're kind of touching on how much this play has changed from both a playwright's perspective and a director's perspective, what is the most challenging part of watching a play change so much? And what's the most exciting part? I think it's the most fun part. Like, I love being in the room. I love making changes live. I love, like, I never start in a place of, like, preciousness because it's the closest thing to life we have and that's ever-changing anyway. So it feels like you could be going in at any point in these people's lives and therefore we're going in at a specific point so why are we doing that and where do things have to go what has to get lifted what it has to be there in the first round so that it's sort of echoing as a sort of pentimento later you know and that kind of stuff is just like that tapestry is the best thing ever I just I think it's so fun and for me as a first time experience not only writing but also in this whole production rehearsal process was to see how much the actors bring to the and understanding the play from their perspective, like it's just so cool. Like I've never, you know, nobody asked me what what they need from my poem, you know. Like, but the, they, the, you know, they need something, and, and like getting in their head and realizing, oh my god, like another piece of the collaboration that's so, so essential. So also, obviously, with working with Sally, who had this, I'm not going to give away too much of the play, but had this monumental uh, suggestion that oh, Vanessa and I were like. Of course this has to happen. <laughs> and we're like And then I think also realizing that in some ways it, in some ways it is in a way like poetry in the sense that just a much more private but yeah, you're trying to find out what is what is the bare bones of this? Do I need forty lines of a poem? Can I do it in fifteen? And if I can do it in fifteen it's usually a better a better piece and finding how, how to trim that and, and whatnot. That's that's been that's been a lot of fun. Oh, and then the other thing is like learning all this play lingo. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, usually everybody starts saying something like, this is probably a really bad idea, but... We're like, we Vanessa, imagine a world in which like, we don't talk about like that in poetry. Like that. So I love all the lingo. I'm starting to apply it outside of playwriting to other people. It's like, imagine a world, Mark. That's my partner, my husband. Now, imagine a world, Mark, where you, you know. There are a lot of theaterisms. I'll have to ask later what that monumental suggestion oh, was. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, but I forgot about that. But it's been really special with these two as playwrights because sometimes when we're 
working on a new play, you you have the playwright, and if the playwright is super precious about this is my work, and you know, and that I get as well, you know, this is my work, and this is how I wrote these words for a reason, and stop. <laughs> then pretty much we're we're done mm-hmm. with that part, and it's like, oh, okay, you just want me to direct the play as written. Cool. I'll just like pretend that you're dead, and I can't ask you questions, and then we'll do stuff. But these guys have been. I've never seen more gracious, grateful, egoless. You know, it's it's like you can say anything about it, and they're like, "Do I think that? Yeah, I think that." Or no, that's not what I'm I'm trying to say. And I haven't had to hold anything back. Like every thought comes right out, and I think that's a really special, safe place. Because I also know that if it is the dumbest idea in the world, that you guys won't take it. Yeah. Which is great. But it might lead somewhere else. You know, but it might lead yeah. it might lead somewhere else. And so it's just you know the actors being so excited too. I think is because they're being listened to yeah. in yeah. a way that actors typically are not. You know, they don't get this kind of input. And so they're seeing like, oh, I said this about my character, and now like Vanessa and Richard have written this in, and you can just see the actor yeah. like, what? Like, That's right. What? That's so cool. Like I. I, you know, like I'm a real part of this process yeah. now. But I, as I mean, as a as a writer, it's kind. It's this blessing that playwrights. I mean, we you have people who are tracking each character individually. Oh yes. So it's like <laughs> that's a blessing because when you're writing a novel, you got to track them all in your head, and it's all there. And if you're you're missing some part of it, you, you lose threads. You know, at sometimes, and they they won't allow you to do that because they're like, my journey. Right. This it's missing this or it's why or you know and it's just like each one and that's super valuable because yeah. you're like oh yeah it's a great analogy as if right. you know when you finish a draft of a novel so yeah. you actually had your characters t- yes. talking yeah. to you talking saying like uh, remember on page 43 I, <laughs> oh, I so, don't, don't know what I'm doing there <laughs> and it's so fun because like on day one everyone's like we're all like so like oh yes community love yeah. and then by day two it's like um what I need is the following <laughs> things I have to know and it's so it is so yeah. great because it is it is forces you to think about things it's lovely absolutely yeah and Richard and Vanessa I agree with Sally you've both been so generous we have really really generous actors working on this play which has been such a great process you've all spoken really beautifully about collaboration and the collaborative process Sally it's not always the case that the playwright is in the room you you spoke a little bit about how that changes things but what is what is the big shift or is there a big shift when you have that extra energy and you have that extra collaboration when it's like this it's amazing because it feels like we're a team and like there are moments when I'll see Vanessa just look at me like this is you like you (laughs) you know and that's usually code for I don't want to answer this question you know and it's like okay you know and I and I come in and I sort of like so we're kind of like good cop bad cop a little bit but it makes when it's like this it just feels like we're lifting each other up whereas sometimes it can feel the playwright can feel like a judgment on what's happening in the room and then that makes it a lot it's, it's much more difficult room to navigate at that point because then you're just so afraid of messing something up whereas this is about like opening something up where and it's like and if it gets messy okay we'll just we'll clean it up and then we'll go back and we'll fix it and that makes for just this wonderful process which is so lovely Absolutely. and if and if something doesn't work we can ask and we can say wow you know this like this actor gets caught up on something it's like I'm really trying to make this line work like Bea not talking for the first you know yeah. eight <laughs> seconds when her uncle comes in yeah. and then Richard goes well why doesn't she just say like 
what are you doing here? (laughs) And it's like, what the, oh, great. Because otherwise we're building this whole narrative around why someone doesn't do something. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like baking, you know, like if you mess up, you do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Try another ingredient. Somewhere between an art and a science. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so Richard, you've spoken about your background as a poet. And Vanessa, you are a theater artist. You've done a lot of immersive theater. You've also written a book. How do your past creative experiences kind of influence how each of you go about writing a play? I mean, play, plays are the epitome of, of collaboration for me. I, I mean, I do a lot of co-writing or, you know, even this, a podcast, right? You can make different kinds of audio experiences and a lot of things are collaborative. I kind of think like everything is, even novel writing, because you end up working with an editor. I mean, you're never really alone. You're alone for a little while when you're getting the stuff out, you know, and it's like, there it is. But then eventually I got to get into the world, you know, so there's always some kind of of a process but I think the time for which you are alone doing this thing is different in different mediums but um I just feel like the vehicle finds its I don't know if the vehicle finds the theme or the theme of the vehicle but you kind of have this like moment of like what is this when you write in different mediums and I mean this very much feels like a play yeah um why do we write plays and you know what's in a play the answers to that I feel like are like embedded in this particular narrative so it just felt felt like the right thing to do here. <laughs> Part of my process was, um, I mean, I've always liked theater and I'm a historically very poor reader because we didn't speak English in the house. We had no books in the house except books on how to learn English. <laughs> um, and so I, I would always do my book reports on plays because I thought I can get through, say, 70 pages. <laughs> and so I've, since high school, I've been doing that. But And so initially when I when I got asked to, to write the play, I was like, yeah, who gave me 70 pages? <laughs> <laughs> it is the most challenging genre I've ever attempted because I've been so schooled in, like, you know, poets want to detail, you know, the, the exact color of the nail polish on the character, you know, like, and it, and at first it was like, it was like taking a poem, putting a blindfold and tying their hands and having, okay, great. <laughs> so, no, and now I've seen the beauty of, it's actually now I go back to, I think it's affecting how I write poetry in the sense of less is more because I do tend to, as one of my editors, speaking of, you know, you are never quite alone. Um, said this poem is a little too fulsome. <laughs> you know, because in, in literature they have their yeah, own speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to sand this down a little bit. But I think it's helped me. I, I find myself writing shorter poems and trusting almost like the poem itself as an actor. You know, yeah. that the poem will do the work that it needs to do, and I don't have to superimpose or overwrite it. And that's been a, a great, great sort of aha. And just knowing that dialogue is pretty mm-hmm. much. Just what you have. And some, and some well, visuals, some imagery. Uh, yeah. And sound. But in the first stages, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. then Vanessa's yeah. been great about coaching me because I, I have ideas, but then the mechanics and, and the actual real life experience Vanessa has is like, she's, she's like, don't worry about the beginning right now. It's going to change <laughs> It's gonna change 40 times before we get anywhere. <laughs> and we're like, uh, that'll be worked out by the prop people. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's always, that's, that's it. Okay, again, back to the, I didn't realize how collaborative this was and how many people contribute to that final product in ways that are all important. Yeah, absolutely. And you three make a great team. It's been, I mean, only one weekend. It's been really great watching how the three of you work together. 
Does your four to 10 year olds want to experience a storybook come to life? Join Portland Stage on Saturday mornings for Play Me a Story and enjoy a performance of children's stories followed by an interactive acting workshop. Sign up for individual sessions or for the whole month. This program runs through March 25th and will also be back in the fall. Visit our website at portlandstage.org education for more information and to register. Um, we do have rehearsal soon that we have to get to, but I do have one last question for us all before we go upstairs and work on this play. So our character Bea uses baking as a way to connect to her home and to her identity. For the three of you and for our audiences, is there a meal or a baked good or a food that connects you to your roots, connects you to your home memories? What, it, what is that dish for you? For me, it's partly baked goods. <laughs> I mean, so there's pastries, so like patelitos of all kind, which are basically kind of, well, you'll find out when you come see the play. <laughs> they're kind of like a turnover, but not really, but they're meat or cheese or guava. I sometimes, when I visit Miami, that's all I do. I don't even eat full meals. I just go to every bakery I can and just get wired on Cuban coffee and down like these pastries all day. <laughs> that's like, and uh, I become, you know, a connoisseur of like the better ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm always ready to try a new one but even when I get to Miami in the airport I go to the Cuban restaurant there and have <laughs> Versailles yeah. yeah Cubans have Versailles it's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the mainstay yeah. <laughs> yeah um how much time do you have <laughs> I like there's a lot there's a lot of different things like I can tell you a story about crying eating somebody's black beans but we're not going to talk about that one um i think of french bread first so that that seems a little weird but my grandfather taught me to bake while telling me the family story and i've written about this in a kid's book but the first thing he taught me to bake was french bread and you know like the the thing that you learn as a kid is oh wait baking is about waiting you're just waiting the whole time you know so then what happens is you fill the kitchen with stories you know and that's how I learned stories. So for me, when I think of my roots and my family story, even though we're so based in Cuba, it's it's a baguette, yeah. which is included in his story because. But that's that's the story for another day. But he was in France as a foster kid at some point in his life. No so, way. yeah, 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 yeah. Even though his parents are, were alive and everything, but he was fleeing the civil war in Spain. So. Oh. I think this play is teaching me about <laughs> food in a way that I typically don't experience food. Like there's the Cubans, we're always laughing at the Cubans because it's like <laughs> they, they start talking about something and all, you know, the three Cubans who are in the play and these guys, oh, you know, it's like, we love, we love this. And then they, they just start and there's like this passion and this understanding. And I grew up, I'm British born. And so my mother was Canadian. So we had the worst food, <laughs> scoopable meat meats, I mean boiled potatoes, there was iodized salt and there was pepper and that was the extent of like spices I remember ketchup being spicy you know for a long time we had the Salisbury steak that you would get that now I still like run from like in the grocery store and you know um, food was something to be endured and something that it just was you know we had to get through it just to kind of get through the other to the other side and it's, but regardless, you know, it <laughs> yeah. just wasn't something, it yeah. was never 
this this yeah. it was never yeah. the kitchen filled with stories yeah. you know it was it's going to be done in 15 minutes get out but yeah so this is yeah, and I think remarkable. It's, it's particular also in terms of for immigrant and exiles mm-hmm. because you can't just find Cuban food but also it's this way of not not only trying to your family but to your culture to your yeah, past yeah. to this country that that we came from that, that we some of us weren't even born there but so it's that yeah. kind of connection that makes it yeah like I just discovered around the corner and that saw and I got to speak Spanish which was so cool I'm like they make tostones which is fried plantains I'm like these are better than in Miami and, <laughs> like, and I was like oh I gotta bring back some for the Cubans they're gonna flip out <laughs> but and it they turns, did <laughs> yeah and, and they all were running up and there was this little strong cluster where did you get the you know everybody's so celebrating awesome that's so great well thank you Richard and Vanessa and Sally this has been so great thank you for sitting down with us um now I'm very hungry (laughs) um thank you all so much we hope you enjoyed this edition of play notes as always you can find a print version of the articles you've heard here on our website portlandstage.org slash play notes Tickets for Sweet Goats and Blueberry Senoritas are on sale now, so contact our box office by calling 207-774-0465 or buy them directly through our website. The show runs from January 25th to February 12th in person and will also be available to stream online from February 8th to the 26th. And if you liked the podcast, please subscribe to the show on whichever app you use and tell all your friends about it. Thank you for hanging out with us and join us next time as we dig deeper into the world of sweet goats and blueberry senoritas. This episode was brought to you by Audrey Erickson, Nick Hone, and Maura O'Sullivan. <laughs>